In the Old Testament, God is the main headline. God is making things happen. He's kicking tail. He's taking names. And then you have in the Gospels, Jesus becomes the main headline. Jesus is showing us in the natural what it is to possess what heaven has in, these, in heaven and to have it here on earth. And then we talked about it last week, but Jesus said, I have to leave you. John 14, 16, Jesus the Son sent the Holy Spirit. In your notes it says, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. I want you to understand this. Jesus the Son limited the supernatural manifestation of His divine personhood that was part of His human reality to His location. Jesus never, let's look in your outline, this has nothing to do with anything other than I thought it was a fun statistic for you to know. Jesus never traveled more than 277 miles from His place of birth. When Jesus left, He sent the Spirit who could no longer be limited to a location, but rather He would be able to operate without limits. It says in John 34, in 3.34, For He whom God has sent utters the words of for God, and He gives the Spirit without limits limits. Jesus, whenever He came to the earth, limited where He could operate in by His geographical location. And then when Jesus said, I am going to send you another helper, I'm going to send you someone else who is the same as I am, He took the limited Jesus of His demographical, geographical location and said, you are unlimited. You can go anywhere, you can be anywhere, you can do anything, and that is what the Holy Spirit is today. In Acts 2, chapter 1 in your outline. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Verse 2, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Verse 3, And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are told that they were gathered together in one place, and then the Bible says, Suddenly, suddenly the Holy Spirit showed up. The room shook. The people shook. If we read further on into Acts, it says the entire city felt a change in the atmosphere whenever the Holy Spirit showed up. The Bible says there was a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit appeared in the wind. God would consume with fire and make change with the wind. Follow me on this. When you mix fire and wind... You have a blaze that will keep on burning. A blaze that will become very difficult to stop. You can have fire without wind. You can have wind without fire. But once you mix the fire with the wind, the blaze begins to travel at a distance that can make a huge impact very quickly. The Spirit with a tongue of fire came with a mighty rushing wind. There was an unmistakable presence amongst God's people. What caught the attention of God's people in the house? What caught the attention of the people who did not even believe that Christ was a supernatural invasion of the Holy Spirit? It is my personal belief that the Holy Spirit in the church has been replaced with 21st century logic. 
We celebrate the beauty of our buildings. We celebrate pastors and celebrity status. We celebrate the entertainment factor of what a church can bring and wonder how come the church is not truly on fire. I said it last week in your outline. If you are on fire, people will come to watch you burn. The church in the upper room caught a blaze and set a fire that's still burning today. Do you want to know why people can ignore the church today? There are churches on every corner. There are churches producing entire theatrical dramas and plays. They have beautiful buildings that they spent multi-millions of dollars on. They have uh, services that they call an experience, which is entertainment, that have uh, productions and, uh, that, would, that would rival some of the greatest productions across the globe is being performed in churches. When you show up on the church property, every single element has been designed to make church easy and entertaining so that you have a good experience. I didn't say a God experience. I said a good experience. Why can people ignore all the churches in a community? It's because the people of the world do not see the church on fire. They see no difference between who they are and where the people in the church are at. When you get on fire, you set those around you on fire. Information without the power is just information. Churches have become self-help organizations and there is a place for that, but when the majority of the church services is centered on a man creating experience instead of the Holy Spirit manifesting His presence, all you have done is created a false sense of spiritual awareness and now you have confused people into thinking that church experience is a God encounter. The Spirit of God is marginalized into our conforming matter Because we don't have pastors, leaders, church people who are willing to go into the upper room, who are willing to go into their closet and say, God, I'm holding on to the truth of your word. I'm holding on to what your word reveals to me. I'm holding on to the power of the cross. I'm holding on to the relevance of the spirit. I'm not letting go until the revelation of who you are is in my life. I'm not letting go until you have showed up in my life. We need a church that's on fire for God because the fire that consumes you will consume everyone around you. I don't know about you, but I want to be consumed by God. Often you have to do a personal inventory on your life and ask yourself, is there, is there always drama around me? Is there always seeming to be things going on that aren't right? Or Do people get around me and they always feel the need to tell crude jokes? Or, or, or uh, the people who I'm around, do they not really know who I am? Maybe they don't know who you really are because you really don't have the fire of God on the inside of you that's burning bright. Because if the fire was in you, if the wind of the Spirit was in you, it would ignite every person around you. Our personal inventory of your life will show you, am I on fire for God or am I not? When you are on fire, those people around you will start to change. When you are on fire for God, the people around you will start being set ablaze. The church is supposed to be a classroom for spiritual instruction. Instead, it has been turned into a place where we create performances. We create 
uh, create entertaining shows. The church is supposed to be a transformational environment for the Spirit of God to ignite the people of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. We have today what I refer to as stale Christianity. No one in here wants to go to a restaurant that serves stale food, do you? You might go back one other time to try it because everyone has an off day when at the chef always has an off You might go back one more time. But if you go back a second time, if you go back a third time, you're not going to go back a fourth time because you've paid for something and all you got was ugh, And you don't want stale food. You don't want food that is not appetizing. But the church has been serving up stale food for years and they started having a problem. People stopped returning. So the church decided to create a false sense of what food was supposed to taste like. you got to follow me on this. I know how we can get people. I, I know how we can get more people into our church. I got this idea. We can entertain them. That will start getting more people in here. We can tell them that, that God is for them and nothing bad is going to happen to them. That'll make them, them want to come. We can start creating productions and shows and do all these things. That'll get them to start to come. And the church has created atmosphere after atmosphere of a false sense of gospel. And the people of the church today don't even understand what the God experience is supposed to look like because the church has substituted it with something that is not of God. The church started serving stale food because the church was not willing to get the proper ingredients to serve up a meal that would satisfy. I put that one in your outline because that's, that's a good one. When you don't have the proper ingredients, you have to start making substitutions. Once you do this, the cake, mm, chocolate cake, the, the cake that you, were, that you were making, it may look the same, but once you taste it, it won't taste like chocolate cake. The, the cake baker substituted the cocoa flavor for what they call compound chocolate. That's a real thing. It looks the same. Whenever the baker gets done with the cake, it looks the same. It looks like a chocolate cake. It looks like how a cake is supposed to look. But whenever you taste it, doesn't taste like chocolate cake. It tastes like something has been substituted. But what happens to your taste buds? I've learned this over the last few weeks. If you eat something long enough, you develop a taste for it. There is foods out there that I think are disgusting, but healthy Adrienne tries to make me healthy, and the more you eat them, what happens? The more you're willing to put it down. And the more you're willing to put it down, the more you grow a taste for it, and the more it becomes sustainable, and it becomes where it's like, oh, it's not as bad. But if you rewind six months, there's no way I was going to eat that. But little by little, little by little, it starts growing into a flavor that you can withstand. And now you've substituted something for what God wants to do. This is what the church has done. They have substituted the fire of the Holy Spirit with entertainment done in the name of Jesus. It has a similar look, but it doesn't taste the same. The church stayed persistent with it, and the believers and non-believers began to develop a taste for a false gospel of the Holy Spirit. I am proposing to you today that the Holy Spirit needs to infect, effect, and transform your life. When you take out the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit of your life, 
There is no new igniting of flames that are consuming. You become just like the world. The presence of the Holy Spirit is what we need today. But when you take out the third person of the Trinity of the church, you have a church that has to create entertainment to get people into the doors. And you've created a false gospel to show that this is what God really is. And they have substituted the Holy Spirit with entertainment. I want to be consumed by God. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit to ignite in my life so that everywhere I go, people can sense it. That I am aware of the Holy Spirit moving everywhere I'm at. We were at the store on Friday. I was dealing with a phone call and we leave and Adrienne's like, so why didn't you talk to that guy about God? I'm like, oh man. Because the fire is not bright enough in me. I'll, I'll take the self-inventory. And so I went back the next day. <laughs> and we sat down. I got the same guy and we talked to him. Nothing happened. But we just started planting seed. Because if the fire is bright in you, people will see the burning. So how do we get that fire? This isn't going to be anything revelatory. This is going to be acts of, you got to do something. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. How do you get the fire of God? Write down number one, obedience. Jesus told them to go and spend time. We live in a day where people will go to church to see someone famous, but when we ask for a prayer meeting to come see Jesus, they say, well, let me check my schedule. I might be busy that night. We have time to make it to see the celebrity status, but we don't have time to come and spend with your Lord. The people in the upper room had to wait in the presence of God. We have a prayer meeting that lasts two hours and people are worn out. Oh my gosh, they feel like they're on spiritual cloud nine. At two hours, you haven't even broken the crest of what God wants to do in your life. We've substituted what the fire of God is supposed to look like in our lives. One of the most important parts of establishing the church that we talked about last week in the book of Acts, capital C church, was people prayed. Did, did, you, did, did you realize when they were up in, the, in the upper room what we read a while ago? What were they doing? They were praying and then the church was established. We've got to be a praying church. Dad is working on our culture of a house of prayer and we will be rolling that out soon. But we've got to become people who pray. In your outline, the job of the Holy Spirit is to make the truth of God experiential in people. <laughs> when you plug your light into a socket. Even though you plug it in, it still doesn't work. There is electricity flowing. The current is there. Everything is there. But you've got to go over and flip the light switch. All the elements are there. 
Are you, are you following me? The, 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 the element of electricity is there. It is running if you are aware of it or not. But even though you are plugged into it, if you don't flip the switch, your transformation of what that electricity current can bring to you will not show up. I don't think, I don't think you're getting that. Um. If you don't have the fire of God, your switch is turned off. We're still friends, right? Okay, just making sure. The second way we get the fire of God in our lives is right down number two, unity. It says in Acts 2 on the front, they were all together praying. They were, they, they were obedient. And then there was unity among them. We've got to be on the same page. We've got to be seeking the same thing. If we have one person that's over here wondering about this and seeking this over here and seeking this, there's not unity amongst the Spirit, uh, amongst the church. And so we've got to be a unified body saying, God, we want the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we will not stop until we get it. Ephesians 4 says... Eager to maintain the what? The of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Listen to me what I'm about to say. If you don't maintain the spiritual unity, you won't have spiritual presence. If you don't have spiritual presence, you won't have spiritual power. If you don't have spiritual power, you won't see a transformation in your life or anyone around you. You will have a church like any other church out there. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wills. In other words, if you don't know how or when, this, you, you don't know how or when the Holy Spirit's going to show up in your life. It will just blow. And if you don't make room for the Holy Spirit, you will miss out on the wind that wants to come into your life. You can't predict what God is going to do. He is the wind. But when the, fire, when the wind blows and touches the fire... The fire can jump across the road. The fire can do whatever it needs to do when the wind blows it. If you're on fire for God, you've got to stay on fire for God. And when the wind blows, if you're not already lit, it will do nothing for you. When you're on fire for God, you've got to leave room for the Holy Spirit in your life. You've got to leave room for the wind to blow you. We sat in that store, and if I was truly on fire for God, the wind would have blown me in a direction to start a conversation. Then my wife made me feel guilty, so I had to go back. Sometimes your spouse is your Holy Spirit. When is the last time the wind of God blew in your life? If you're still talking about something that happened five years ago, you're not on fire. If you're still, and, and, and 
don't get me wrong, we, we celebrate those. If something great happened five years ago, we celebrate that. That's awesome. Yay, yay, yay. But what's God doing in you today? What did God do in you yesterday? What's God doing in you tomorrow? Is the wind of God capable of being blown in your life and everyone around you recognize that you're on fire? Because if you don't understand, when the wind catches fire, you've seen a field catch on fire. If the wind is not blowing, it will just slowly move. But if the wind starts blowing, it takes massive amounts of trucks and fire trucks and all sorts of tractors to begin to push everything out of the way because the wind will cause the fire to do something that the fire cannot do on its own. Acts 2.4 says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. How many of you love to play that game uh, in your car? Let's see how close we can get to empty when we're driving down the road. Yeah? No? Yeah? So if you like that game, I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. I, my, my tank gets halfway empty and I'm like, I got to go get this thing filled up. Like, I don't, I, you just never know. You, you never know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but if you run out of gas, you stuck. <laughs> then you got to call somebody and that someone's probably going to make fun of you. If you run out of gas... You can't go where you're trying to go. You can't do what you're trying to do. Most Christians are living with their gas tanks on empty. You can't go where you're trying to go. You can't do what you're trying to do. You can't do what God's called you to do because you're so close to empty, you're barely running on fumes. When you are full of the Holy Spirit... Your gas tank is full. You live your life in the supernatural. You live your life in such a way that the supernatural becomes natural. The fire of God that is on the inside of you transforms you everywhere you go. We have to live full of the Spirit of God. If you go to the gas station and put the wrong kind of fuel in your tank, what's going to happen? You're going to blow up your engine. But here's the deal. You might be able to drive for a little bit. If you put a diesel fuel in an unleaded fuel, you'll be able to go for a little bit. And then at some point, you've rotted out your insides. You've killed everything in you that was created to function that way. And I'm saying this for our online audience you're going to churches that are killing your insides and you don't even realize it. You're putting the wrong fuel inside you. You're putting the wrong things. In. If you think church is to be entertainment, if you think church is to be about the shows and the productions, Stop putting the world on the inside of you and expecting God to show up around you. You can go ahead. You've been putting the wrong fuel in you. And it's time today that we change it up. We've got to be on fire for God. 
We've got to be hungry for the Spirit of God to move. We've got to be hungry for the Holy Spirit to show up and catch us ablaze so that everywhere we go, we walk in the power and the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I refuse to be entertained by the church. I want the power. I want the anointing. I want to be set ablaze. So the question becomes, are you on fire for God? If not, do you want the fire of God in your life? Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.